Betrayal. What a terrible word. It happens to the best of us. It happens to the worst of us. And there's all kinds of issues surrounding the aftermath of what happens when intimate allies become intimate enemies. It happened to King David, too. And it was a terrible thing for him to deal with. Maybe even the low point of his life amidst several other low points. Here's what had been going on in the life of his family, which had become quite the mess. David had multiple wives and multiple children and was unfortunately somewhat disconnected from all of them because he did not follow God's plan for marriage of one man and one woman for life. David's son Amnon raped his half-sister Tamar. And when Tamar's full brother Absalom found out about that, Absalom, David's son, killed his stepbrother Amnon in revenge. David didn't deal with any of it. Absalom fled the country. David didn't deal with that. A couple of years later, he came back and David didn't really deal with it. He didn't bring him to repentance or forgiveness. And while Absalom was back underneath the king's nose, he arranged for himself a chariot and horses and 50 men to run in front of him everywhere he went. Needless to say, everybody knew when Absalom was around. He was a very good-looking man, a celebrity type of guy. He would sit at the king's gate by the side of the road and smooth-talk anyone who came, especially those with problems, and say things like, Oh, if only I were king, I would know exactly how to handle this issue for you. But instead I'm not, and you've got to handle it with whoever up there. After four years of that, the hearts of Israel was kind of leaning towards Absalom more than David. And Absalom approached his dad and asked if he could go to a town called Hebron, not too far from Jerusalem where they were, to worship God. David didn't really dig into the details. He just said, okay, fine, and, and was negligent. Absalom went there with a few hundred people and secretly had messengers go around telling everybody to say, Absalom is the king of Hebron. When a messenger came to tell David the people's hearts are with Absalom, David knew that this meant big trouble. And he got his people together. He quickly left in the middle of the night and he ran for his life because Absalom, his own son, had betrayed him. Absalom, his own son, was wanting to become the king instead of his father. Absalom was going to strike down his father to make nothing be uncertain going forward. Everybody would know that Absalom was the king and not David any longer if Absalom got his way. This sparked a civil war. And not to mention how embarrassing and sad and terribly stabbing the betrayal was that Absalom, his own son, wanted to murder his dad and wanted to take his spot on the throne. And yet, how did David react to this terrible betrayal? We can learn something from his words as he left town immediately after hearing that Absalom was stealing the hearts of the Israelites. David said, If I find favor in the Lord's eyes, he will bring me back and let me see it in his dwelling place again. 
But if he says, I am not pleased with you, then I am ready. Let him do to me whatever seems good to him. David was an older man, nearing the end of his reign. Picture someone in his 60s. He had already been through a lot, and you can see by his words there that he is collapsing into the arms of God. He is yielding to God's will, whatever it may be. And if he is able to resume his duties as king, David knows God is powerful enough to arrange that, and he'll be back. But if not, David isn't kicking and screaming and grasping for earthly things and trophies. He is ready to submit to whatever God's will is, even if that means he would lose his throne. Notice also how David isn't just racking himself with guilt. He's owning his share. He's not blaming everybody else, but he's also not coming up with weird things like, oh, well, Absalom probably is kicking me off the throne because of that sin I had a bunch of years ago with Bathsheba. Nothing like that. No weird connection. And yet David was owning his share. He was real about his sin, particularly being negligent as a father for many years and then collapsing into God's arms and promises, knowing that God would not hold this sin against him. David was content, even at this time. And if you read through the book of Psalms, it's at times like this that he wrote some of the most wonderful, heart-filled, powerful promises of trust when he was at a time that you might say was his worst. When someone betrays you, it's very difficult, isn't it? It's, it's difficult on many levels. And yet, if we can hold fast to who God is and what God has done, if we can hold fast to letting God be in control and yielding to his will, if we can hold fast to wanting to speak the truth in love whenever we can, to staying patient and serving the one who has betrayed us while we're waiting for their heart to change, and while we are able to see things from God's perspective rather than being selfish and, and isolated, we will continue to be a blessing to those around us, even during these terrible times. While it's difficult, God be with you as you hold fast to him above all, even during times of betrayal, maybe especially during times of betrayal.